My name is Cody Jacob, and I love to cause problems. And this is my podcast, where each week I sit down with my guests and ask them horrifyingly specific ethical questions that forces them to break up their moral compass and make up their minds. Think would you rather meets what would you do, but all of the situations are in shrooms and you're the one that's got to fix it. Do I know my friends as well as I think I do? Let's find out together. This is Cody Jacob Causes Problems. Support for this episode of Cody Jacob Causes Problems is brought to you by Manscaped. Do you have body hair? Is that something you'd like to either maintain or get rid of entirely? Boy, do I have news for you! I am one of the first people to try the new 4.0 from Manscaped, and I am blown away by the performance, Mary. The craftsmanship, the details, they are all next level. You need to listen to me. The 4.0 uses Manscaped's skin-safe technology, including this fancy ceramic blade. I would put this trimmer anywhere. Early in the morning, in a full blackout one night in the shower, it doesn't matter. You are worry-free shaving with this each and every goddamn time, baby. Not to mention, it has a super bright LED light, so I know exactly where I'm cutting, what I'm cutting, and when I'm cutting. And that includes in the shower because it's waterproof. Well, Cody, beard trimmers are kind of bulky and ugly. No, incorrect. You are wrong. Why? Because this bitch has wireless charging. That's right. It looks so sleek. It is so beautiful to just look at. The aesthetic of my bathroom has gone from living in squalor to the Ritz-Carlton. I bolted the wireless charging dock onto my bathroom sink, and I've brought every single guest I've had in my home. Long-term, short-term. I've dragged my mailman in by his neck to come look at this thing because it is so beautiful. So what are you waiting for? It's time to take your grooming habits to the next level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CodyJacob at manscaped.com. And trust me, your balls will thank you. Nope, none of you have any idea how excited I am for this fucking episode. Oh, oh my god. Before I get into who my guest is and everything fucking about them, I just wanted to say hey, hello, happy Monday. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a good week. It's been fucking week of this Monday upload and I am already feeling like a brand new woman. Spring is also just around the corner. I am just off the precipice of daylight savings time, which makes me want to uh, hurl myself into the corona of the sun. So I have consistent daylight until I'm carbonized. I see no economic reason, no political reason, no social, spiritual, whatever fucking reason to continue doing this archaic tradition of just changing the time. Sure, we'll change the time. Why can't we just have the sunlight be out forever? I feel like I would either do really well in Alaska or I would have a maybe six months before I kill myself there because Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, 24 hours of sunlight sounds so good, but I think it sounds good because I've never had to experience that. Anyway, this week on the podcast is one of my TikTok mutuals, Daisy Foco. She, okay, here's the deal. I... Don't ask people to be on the podcast if I'm not genuine fans of their content. And I realize the worst somebody can say is no. And the best thing that can happen is I make a new friend. So Daisy makes like eclectic history videos, but she's also like super smart and super fucking funny. And just like everything she talks about and the way that she delivers her information is so 
educational and just engaging to listen to and she's fucking killing it on TikTok. She just launched her YouTube channel. She's doing amazing and I really, really, really am a fan of her. So I commented on one of her videos a while ago like, hey, would you ever want to be on my podcast? And this bitch followed me the fuck back when I tell you I shot the fuck up in bed and was like, holy fucking shit. Because like one of my favorite creators followed me and I sent her a very lengthy email being like, I love you. This is the podcast. Please be my friend. Skidly doo bop, squidly moo. And here we are like three months later and she's on the podcast. So I am super excited about that. This week, our questions touch on curing cancer and time travel. All right, everybody, I am here with Daisy Foco, my friend. Introduce yourself. How do you know each other? What do you do? Say everything. Okay, I uh, we know each other through TikTok. We're mutuals on TikTok, naturally. Yes, we are. <laughs> and um, I do, like, fun fact history videos and just, like, random shit like that, basically. Am, am I allowed to swear on this? I didn't oh, ask. Oh, please. Okay, good. I was please like, swear. I have a terrible uh, mouth, to be honest. But, yeah, and then Cody reached out to me, and he was like, hey, please come on my podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to. That is a very gentle way of explaining the way I've reached out to you. I sent you a love letter via your I loved it! <laughs> I, I loved the love letter! love you. Oh my god. <laughs> so, speaking of your unfucking believable content, I have a pop quiz for you. Oh my god, okay. So, you do, like, fun history facts, and I have spent some time searching the trenches of the internet to come uh, up with these questions. Okay. Do you know what the longest and shortest wars recorded in history are? No. Okay, so the longest war in history was between the Netherlands and the Isle of Scilly, which lasted from 1651 to 1986. What the fuck? Is it a Cold War? What is this? (laughs) Yeah. And the (laughs) insane part is there were no casualties. So they were just beefing publicly? Yeah. They they just just made it known that they just didn't fuck with each other at all? (laughs) Yeah. The shortest war in history, on the other hand, was the Anglo-Zanzibar War of 19... Nope, 1896, and it lasted 38 minutes. Wait, I have heard of that one before. That makes sense. Okay. We're just getting in and out. I love it. Instead of wars, let's go up into the atmosphere. Okay. This famous astronomer is known for his discovery of the supernova in 1572, his writings with the movement of comets... Oh, comets. Comets! Oh my Jesus Christ. And a heated feud with Galileo and, of course, a giant moose. Oh, my God. I fucking literally know exactly who the fuck this is. And the name is eluding me, but I literally know who this is. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, 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 it's fucking. I actually know who this is. And everybody gaslit him about it. And they were like, you're fucking yes. stupid. Like, none of this shit makes any sense. Why would a supernova exist? You're so dumb. Obviously, everything rotates around us. We don't rotate around it. And then later, everyone was like, oh, wait, that guy was right. But he was dead already so he never got the validation oh my god who is it Tycho Brahe ah oh my god do you know about Tycho Brahe's moose no I don't know about the moose so this little excerpt is from mental floss okay it says the hoofed critter would trot alongside Brahe's carriage like a loyal dog and lived (gasps) inside his castle but it unfortunately it also appears to have developed a regrettable taste for Danish beer no way Brahe couldn't resist showing off such a bizarre young animal to his various associates, and soon enough, a nobleman asked him to send the moose to his castle to entertain guests at a party. 
As the dinner wore on, the creature grew increasingly tipsy <gasps> until it eventually wound up roaring drunk. <laughs> According to Brahi's biographer Pierre Gassendi, shortly thereafter, quote, the moose had ascended the castle stairs and drunk of the beer in such amounts that it had fallen down them <gasps> to its eventual demise. Oh no! <laughs> you can't drink in moose. That's I know. so dangerous. Yo, that's crazy that he had like domesticated a moose though, because those things are fucking huge. Okay, people don't realize they're like, I almost said hundreds of feet tall, but they're towering. They feel like they're hundreds of feet tall. They're, they're like so very big. big. Yeah. And very intimidating. I do not like, I don't even know how to say the I was scared when moose. he had the moose come to his house because I thought it was going to end in them sh- like killing the moose, which in a way it did, but it was kind of the yeah. moose's like dependency issues, I guess. Yikes. <laughs> do you know who are and what happened to the radium girls? No, I've never heard of the Radium Girls. These oh, are good deep cuts. Love I this. love this, Cody. Oh, this is you. fantastic. Thank you. thank you. You're really going to love this. Okay. So the Radium Girls was this group of all-female factory workers who contracted radiation poisoning. Oh, I do, do know, know the Radium Girls. I do know the yes. Radium Girls. They they got these girls to be super into this. I'll let you tell the story. But yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So basically, they were just hired to paint watch faces in a factory and they glowed in the dark because of the fucking radiation. And instead of being like, hey, radiation is fucking poisoning. Don't use this self-luminous paint. They were like, use it as makeup too. Rub it all over yourself. They were like, it'll make you glow. It'll give you, it'll give you like a little shimmer. And it did, it did make them glow, but not in a good way. So this one is actually a bit of music history. One of my favorite, favorite things in the world that I studied in college was like all of Stephen Sondheim's music. Are you familiar with any Stephen Sondheim? No, I don't think so. So you for sure are. He wrote probably most famously Into the Woods. No way. No fucking way! He did? Yeah. I'm I'm a terrible thespian. That's crazy. And he wrote (laughs) West Side Story. He wrote, um, like, some of the most famous musicals of all time. Do you know who taught Sondheim how to play piano? No, I don't. This, when I learned this, I thought my voice teacher was, like, lying to me because it (laughs) sounds too good to be true. Growing up, Sondheim, his mom and dad divorced, and they were just, like, they neither of them wanted to be parents. And his mom was this, like, wealthy socialite. So what she did was she bought a house kind of outside of New York City, and she would just gallivant off to the city every day and leave Stephen, little Stephen, to go off and play with his neighbors. Purely by chance, his neighbor was the Hammerstein family, as in Oscar Hammerstein. No way! Cinderella, South Pacific. Okay, so no wonder he was like such a prodigy, yeah. Yeah, and the way he ended up like basically learning how to write music was because Oscar Hammerstein became a father figure to Mr. Sondheim, and when Stephen Sondheim was in school at this school called the George School, he wrote his very first musical called By George, and everyone loved it. All of his That's peers so thought it was cute. amazing. So picture little Steven like marching over to like Oscar Hammerstein and being like, hey, like, can you read my first musical? And what do you think? Sondheim is quoted by saying, Oscar said it was, quote, the worst thing he had ever seen. <laughs> but if you want to know why it's terrible, I'll tell you. And then they spent the rest of the day dissecting it. And then he was given a course written by Oscar Hammerstein, How to Write a Musical. Well, actually, my last question for you has everything to do with not wonderful people. Oh my God, no. (laughs) So Time Magazine very famously has their covers that come out every year for Person of the Year or whatever. Right. Every so often, Time Magazine puts a red X on their cover. 
Do you know how many times Time Magazine has used the Red X? Maybe, maybe like three for like, you know, each world war and then, and some other sort of culturally significant event, maybe? So, 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 so close. So you're exactly right. They use it to signify a sort of end of times or something. They've done it five times. Damn. Okay. (laughs) The most recent one was actually in 2020, signifying the the end of COVID. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. The air quote end. And then 2011, they did it for Osama bin Laden. That makes sense. In 2006, they did it for Abu Mensab al-Zarqai, who was the Al-Qaeda leader in Iraq. Right. That makes sense too. 2003, Saddam Hussein, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then the very first time they did it was in May 1945, after Adolf Hitler was found dead. That makes sense. He would be the one to start the trend, of course. Yeah. Well, that was your that was your pop quiz. That was a good pop quiz, Cody. Thank I loved so that. Much. That was so Thank fun. You. Shall we get into the meat of this bitch? Yes, let's get into the meat. Okay, I am so excited to hear what you say for this question because I honestly have no answer for it, which is very rare with these. Oh my god, okay. So, it is the year 2100. Everything is chrome. And (laughs) you are a world-class, innovative surgeon who, guess what? You found the cure to cracking cancer. Whoa. Goodbye cancer. No I'm amazing, okay. Yeah, and it's because in this century, the space race, we kind of did everything we needed to do. So cloning technology has taken over the space race. Mm. So what you realized was you need to clone yourself to harvest the necessary biological material. Okay. But this means you have to kill your clone. Oh, When you clone yourself, clones are exact replicas, same age, same everything, including your memories. Mm. So they have all the necessary biological material to save you, but you're going to have to basically kill yourself. Right. So do you share this information with the world or try and rethink another way to find a cure for the disease? (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, it is giving me like a House of the Scorpion uh, kind of vibes. And so uh, I think because I love that book, I think that... You know, it gets super, super racially motivated, super fast with the whole cloning thing. And therefore, I think I would have to just be like, you know what, I got to find another way because I think about it sort of like the atomic bomb. Like when the atomic bomb was like air quote made, like at least 16 other scientists had like cracked the atomic bomb first and they decided you know what, like, this is clearly probably going to be very, uh, very misused by those in power, so I'm not going to put it out there. And then, of course, eventually somebody did, and then he, yeah. like, lived to regret it for the rest of his life, but it's like, eh, well, too bad, you put it out there. And there's arguments about whether or not it was necessary, blah, 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 but I think, you know, I, I like to invent stuff, and I have a couple patents, and I think you always have to think about how can this be misused, and what's the worst-case scenario for this invention? And if it's the worst case scenario is something that's completely manageable and it still does more like good for humanity than harm, then go ahead and put it out. But if the worst, like somebody just decides to be like a supervillain and misuse it is is super bad, then come up with something else is what I say. What would you do if after you ran all your clinical studies, mm-hmm. it showed that once you've accepted your 
host body's material and you're cancer free. Mm -hmm. The only lasting effect from the treatment is that you remember your other's death. Oh my God. I think, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God. I think there's no way people, the mental health crisis that would ensue from that would be insane. Like there would be a, there would be people losing it right and left. The CPTSD rates would be through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think also there would be a whole issue of people being like, how do I know I wasn't the clone? Since like they have the same yeah. memories, you know? Like and what's the legality of everything? Exactly. I think that people would find like a huge uptick in like self-hate because they would think that they were the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah, a very much a ship of Theseus moment. Yes. Yes, exactly. It would be very Black Mirror. I think people would freak the fuck out and somehow humanity would end up just combusting. Yeah, it's true. I feel like even if I knew for a fact I was the original or whatever the fuck, it was like, did I survive a suicide or did I murder someone, but it was myself? Yeah, it's like so hard to know. Yeah. I think it would be, I think that's such like a, a like a high level introspection that most people wouldn't be able to handle it and it would just cause crazy problems. Yeah. But also if you're doing it to cure cancer, these are people who are already on the precipice of death. Right. That's true. So they might have already come to terms with their own mortality in a way that most haven't. I wonder if people who would go through this process would end up being like, if they remember the whole death part being like, that was better. I should have just done that instead of doing living with the guilt of this. I wonder if that would be like a, a reaction some people have. Right. Because everyone that says like my near death experience, that all of them say it's incredible. Yeah. So you would have, you would remember all of those amazing like chemical reactions that release. So I wonder if you would be like, you know what, not only like, should I just have let things turn out the way that they were going to turn out and like, just let fate decide. But now I remember what it was like to die basically and then i also remember what it was like to be a murderer and i think the morality of that would be so hard to to come to grips with for most people and also what does that say about your own view of your own life exactly make another one of yourself because you're expendable true are you expendable what you're a lot of people's individuality complexes would completely collapse i think if something like this were to happen people would very quickly be like we have to find a way so where i don't have to remember it so i have no idea that that's how my treatment went about yeah because that would also become a very quickly another sort of like pharmacological nightmare exactly especially in this country yeah it would become a mental health crisis for sure yikes (laughs) the next question i have for you is a little bit more abstract okay i love it So you can open a portal to any time in human history and live out your life until you die. If you choose the past, you can live until your time would naturally have come, whenever that may be. If you choose the future, you live until the planet can sustain life. Which do you choose and why? I choose the future because with the past, I already know the moral pitfalls and I don't want to be a part of that. Also, the mortality rate's low. Secondly, if I go to the future, (laughs) I might live for forever because Earth, I mean, right now we're air quote killing the Earth, but really we're killing the things on the Earth. Like Earth is going to just still be there. You know what I'm saying? Like the rock is not going to disappear right now. So I think Earth will like not always sustain some form of life, but can sustain some form of life for much longer mm-hmm. than humans think that they it probably could and yeah. so i think if i go with that route it would give me the opportunity to really commune with the cosmos in a way that would be super 
Like it's an irreplaceable experience. And also I think a lot of people think about things like that through the lens of loneliness. But I think if you're alive that long, you would probably go through that whole process of loneliness and then come out the other side of it and like kind of conquer loneliness. Yeah, it, like you could almost reach a sort of enlightenment. Yeah, almost. you're just part of it all at that point. Yeah. And like if you get to a point where you really are the very last, like it's your last day on the rock and yeah. you're seeing the sun combust, like. Yeah, you're like, I was the observer. That was yeah. my role is to be the the audience for this book almost. If you chose the past, but you knew you wouldn't die until like, like current Daisy dies now, like you'll die when mm. you are 85 or whatever. Would you want to live through years and years of history? I think it would be very interesting to do it, but I don't think I would I would want to elect to do it because it would just be so frustrating and demoralizing because only one person can certainly have a huge impact, but that impact will always have boundaries to it. And just with everything we know now, there's so many things that would be deeply morally objectionable that you would have to get involved in because it's your moral obligation and responsibility to try and dismantle those things as early as possible. And there's only so much you can do. So even if you did do good, I think also it would bring into question, like, can one person ever act as a moral authority? Because if you're the only person who knows where things are going to go, then you, you have this little extra insight. And so you kind of would be dictating a lot of things because you would know how things are going to turn out. And I'm not sure that that's a healthy amount of power. You know, you very quickly become a prophet in some ways. Exactly. And it's hard to be objectively like morally correct when you're deeply benefiting from yeah it would take a really specific type of person to be able to navigate that situation exactly and i like to think i'm a good person but i'm also aware that i don't know everything ever and i also am stuck perceiving things through the lens of just me and I feel like I'm probably not the best person to send back in time to save humanity. Right. You yeah. I, I couldn't, wouldn't, no, no, Cody. No, no, no. There's Don't better people than me. There's smarter yeah. people with fresher takes and, and better strategy who I think would be better suited for it. So... Each, ew, what is this? Each week on my podcast, I ask my guests to bring a story of a time that they cause a small problem in a big way. And I was wondering if you have brought one for us today. Of course I've brought one. And let me tell you, the, this story I'm about to tell, I've lost sleep over for like 20 years. Okay? Oh my God. <laughs> I distinctly remember waking up in seventh grade, getting out of my bed and dramatically lying on my wood floor and staring at the ceiling and being like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened and just thinking about it like, <laughs> it's been it's been haunting me so this is what happened i was in first grade and i have Ooh. to preface this by saying my teacher in first grade was like such a jerk because she had this this lie going on in the classroom she had this little tree it was called the gumdrop tree and she put gumdrops on it i think she glued them on there but she was always like if you guys are are good you get a gumdrop from the gumdrop tree 
It was like incentive, but she never gave anyone any gumdrops. So it just always made us feel like we were bad. Like everyone was constantly feeding for this gumdrop tree. And we would always be like, hey, is anyone ever going to get a gumdrop? And she'd be like, no. And she looked just like the stepmom in Cinderella to paint like a visual picture. Oh my God. Um, And so her, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say her name, but she was evil. Anyway, she she was like so mean to me specifically because I had really bad ADHD and I always disrupted her class. And there was this kid who was like bullying me because I got bullied as a child and I was like trying to get him to get the hell away from me. Uh, It was during like our kind of free time in the classroom, you know, and I knew that he was afraid of spiders. And so I was like, oh, there's a spider over here. And I had a pet tarantula. So I was like, I'm not afraid of spiders, but I was like, oh, there's a spider over here. You're going to have to get away from me and stop harassing me, kind of a vibe. And then my teacher saw him like crying and freaking out over the spider, which I was low-key, like psychotically like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And like, she comes over and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, there's a spider. And then she's asking me to describe the spider. And I didn't think that this would like happen. Because I just thought, like, that it would get this guy to fuck off. Like, I didn't think it was going to develop. And so (laughs) I just was, like, I was, like, lying. Uh, I was, like, um... I think it had like you know like curly uh, curly legs like and she was like <laughs> like she was like like a scorpion and I was like no no like a spider definitely a spider because I don't know if he's this afraid of scorpions it was for sure spider and she was like what color <laughs> and I was like it was like a like a brown maybe uh, like I was just trying to be like vague as hell about this spider but Texas has brown recluses which are like a oh, very <laughs> like a very venomous spider and so she was like did it look like this and she gave me a bunch of characteristics and i was essentially like sure yeah like that's the spider (laughs) to a t yeah and then she looked me dead in my soul cody and this is what haunts me like she looked me in my eyes and she was like are you lying about this and i looked (laughs) i looked dead straight back at her like if i tell her i'm a liar i'm never gonna get a gumdrop from the fucking gumdrop tree And (laughs) and so i was like i would never lie about something like this important and cody they evacuated the entire school oh and i was sitting there like we were doing our rows and i was having like my first panic attack i swear to god this is where my anxiety disorder came from i was sitting there and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god it's too late to say that i i i lied when she specifically asked me to do lie and i i i lied and so i was sitting there like panicking and then Guys with hazmat suits came in, and first of all, retrospectively, they're doing the absolute most. Like, this is way too much. And they're, like, fumigating, and then they come come out, and, like, there's a hazmat suit guy. And then my evil, like, Cinderella stepmom teacher, and they're, like, they get down on my level. They, like, kneel down, and they're, like, we didn't find a single spider in that classroom. Which, first of all, what are the odds? (laughs) Secondly, they're, like, now I need you to tell me. Did you lie? And I was like, yeah, but can I still have a gumdrop? And they were like, you're never getting a gumdrop. And literally to this day, I just didn't think about that. Like, yo, I really got the whole school evacuated because I just didn't want this kid sitting next to me. This is terrible. But yeah, I caused like a whole ruckus with that. I gotta be honest. I think that's the best story that's been told on this podcast. (laughs) 
my god. It got so, like, it snowballed so fast. Like, yeah. Like, holy shit. I was shit. like, oh my god, that's bad. They're like spider lying and then hazmat suits. Hazmat suits. I was like, you're kidding. And also, <laughs> like, what? I, the, uh, the fact they didn't find a single goddamn spider, like, every spider was off work that day. I like, know, literally, in a public school. Come on. So it's like, I got literally confronted, like, you're a little liar girl and i was like oh my god i am oh me oh my well daisy where can people find you people can find me on tiktok and on instagram i'm daisy foco on tiktok i'm daze foco on instagram and i just started a youtube channel that's daisy foco so check it out what kind of content are you going to post on your YouTube channel? On YouTube, I've already started posting some long form history stuff that's like real deep dives. They're like 30 minutes long. And I'm going to be posting some lifestyle stuff in between of just like a little bit more of my personal life. Because I've got some cool stuff going on. My boyfriend's in the NFL. I'm going to show some of his stuff. I'm gonna just your show... boyfriend's in the NFL? Yeah. Like I'm a really sneaky <laughs> pro athlete girlfriend about it. Because I already had a platform before he got drafted. Like we've been together for like years and years. Yeah. Um, um, so I want to show some of his stuff and like what he does too, because it'll be fun and he's not very active on the internet. So we're trying to get him out there a little more, but, uh, it's going to be a cool mix. That's awesome. I'm thank so excited. You. I will subscribe after yes! I fucking hang up today. <laughs> well, thank you so fucking much for being on the podcast. Of course. This was so fun. <laughs> you guys, isn't Daisy just like, so great. She's so funny. I'm just on fucking cloud nine that she wanted to come and have fun and cause problems and be silly with me. And also the fucking spider story. Holy shit. That's literally unbelievable. And also one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I'm so grateful that my experience on this fucking rock floating through space is this and getting to talk to these people like Daisy and all my other friends and I just am so, this is just so exciting. Thanks again to Manscaped for sponsoring this week's episode. And I will see you all next week. Cody Jacob Causes Problems is an original podcast by me, Cody Jacob. If you have a problem you'd like to be discussed on the podcast, or you just need some advice, send an email to codyihaveaproblem at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review wherever you listen. And until then, be a harbinger of chaos and go, go out into the world, wreak havoc amongst those you love. I'll see you next week.